Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. All right, everybody, welcome back. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, the man with the award-winning beard, DJ. Going to go around the room and introduce this cast of characters, my awesome, incredibly awesome co-hosts, starting with Bucky's tag team partner, hailing from the Purple Haze and Cloud Nine, a man destined to go through a barbershop window. Jason, how are you, Bubba? I'm doing well. How are you gentlemen doing this fine evening? I'll have you know, Bucky had me in a very, very precarious position and he didn't pull the trigger because I was up in the I was up doing the uh, on the ladder doing the Christmas lights today. So he's teasing the heel turn, Bubba. Bucky is teasing the heel turn. A couple times and he was (laughs) he was staring a hole right through me. So you just wait until your back is turned, mister. (laughs) You just wait. Your spot on the couch is mine. Mm-hmm. And last but never least, from the Rob the Genius podcast, the Minister of Truth, the Deacon of Data, the Father of Facts and Figures, the official shoot bear of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, and the man with the golden shovel. Mr. Rob, welcome to the show again today, sir. Oh, we're going to be back, and uh, no shovel this week. It's Thanksgiving. So, yep, we're going to take it easy. It is Thanksgiving week. This is the Thanksgiving holiday edition uh, of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. We're going to talk our top five things that we are most thankful for in wrestling. At the end of the show, we've got a few other topics that we want to cover beforehand. Uh, we have another, you know, last last episode we did our memorial to Kevin Conroy. And unfortunately, this has been just a shit week for those of us in pop culture and nerd culture. Uh, as soon as he's done chewing, I'm going to let Jason take over this segment because this is a bit more catered towards his age bracket. Jason, sir, the floor yeah. is yours. Yeah, I just wanted to, you know, acknowledge and give our condolences to Jason David Frank, Frank's friends and family. Because if you know Jason David Frank, he played the Green Ranger and then the White Ranger in the original run of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And then he went on to basically be the godfather of that show, appearing in several generations of it, several iterations of it down the road. Um, and widely considered the best one. So, and he was also a martial arts instructor, MMA fighter, um, and all around, he's just, a, you know, one of those dudes that you hear nothing but amazing stories about, you know, always doing stuff when he was more active in the Power Rangers with, like, children's hospitals and things like that. He's a motivational speaker, incredible, incredible human, and he apparently died of suicide, uh, died, he committed suicide, um, which is just a... It's a sobering thing for everyone, obviously, but um, you know nothing, nothing but great things to say about that guy. And you know, if if this at all rings with you and you're seeking help, you know, don't be afraid to reach out. We we strongly strongly advocate for mental health on the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. No one should ever suffer. I 
you know, when I heard the guy had passed away at the age of 49, I was like, God damn, that's young. And then I, I read that they're, they're, they're not, conf- I don't know that they've confirmed it's suicide, but all, all roads seem to point that way. And that's incredibly sad. It just goes to show, you know, like you just spotlighted all the, the charitable work he did, the dedication to the Power Rangers and the character, much like we talked about with Kevin Conroy on the last mm-hmm. episode. He lived and breathed that. Like it wasn't just a job. It became a, a uh, just part of his life. And, and to dedicate that and understand what it meant to so many generations of kids is commendable. But again, going back to my point, you never know what someone's going through and no one should ever have to suffer in silence. And if you're somebody who is suffering, reach out. I don't care if you reach out to one of us, you know, at the Mindless Pod, whether you reach out to a professional, I don't immediately have the suicide prevention line off the top of my head. I know they just changed it recently, but by all means, please, please reach out to those avenues. You know, don't suffer. Don't go it alone. And, and and don't do anything, you know, abs, you know, completely rash. I'll tell you from a firsthand experience, therapy is a wonderful, wonderful thing. And oh, I yes, personally I believe everybody. Yeah, I advocate I for therapy. There's no shame in it. All three of us have had, you know, good things happen because of therapy, whether to ourselves or to someone we love. So we will always, always, I will say, I'll say everybody should see a therapist at least like quarterly or something, man. Um, No matter how you're feeling about yourself. But regardless, always reach out. There's always someone who's going to listen to you. All right. So this being the week of Thanksgiving, big things going on in the world of WWE right now. We've got WWE Survivor Series War Games coming up in just six days. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about that show, not going down the whole card, because we've still got two more go-home shows between Raw and SmackDown, so I don't think they're quite done setting everything up yet. Um, one thing I did want to mention is that the uh, the Dirt Sheets, specifically Dave Meltzer, took another L this week, uh, reporting that Kevin Owens was not only his, uh, he had like a sprained, what was it, MCL, and yeah. was likely out for Survivor <laughs> Series. Come Friday night SmackDown, we're trying to figure out who the fifth member of the Brawlin' Roots and Drew McIntyre team is. Kevin Owens music hits and Kevin Owens marches out to the <laughs> ring and, you know, becomes very clear that Kevin Owens is indeed part of this year's Survivor Series War Games, which is incredible. Love seeing Dave take another L. Yeah. Um, guys, J- Rob, I'm going to start with you. Excitement level for this show. Oh, it's up there. Because uh, first of all, it's, I mean, it's we're getting War Games in the main roster. And they they did like a, they made a best of war games compilation on the peacock and i think it was the first time they've seen this on the peacock they had the very first one with dusty and nikita and the road warriors and paul ellering against the four horsemen jj dillon um look i watched the whole thing i, I watched the whole best of compilation friday all the way through um, <laughs> and, um so look i'm ready for this and just to see what they're going to do. And I'm hoping that they stick more in the vein of the, the old school ones and, and don't veer off into, you know, all the chairs and tables and such that that some of the later ones had. And and I'm thinking that they probably will ease up because these, these are main roster folks. These are not like the, it's not that, I mean, it's not the, the indie guys from, you know, that were in NXT that, you know, did all that stuff. 
Except for like Kevin, of course. But you got you know right. he, you got to keep him under control because he'll go a little crazy if you let him. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, but I'm, Kevin Owens may very well leave Saturday night injured if he's not already injured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I'm really he, he might he might turn that work into a shoot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I'm really looking forward to this. Um, because look, I mean, we've wanted this on the main roster for some time, and of course we know look that just wasn't Vince's bag. But you know, Hunter's in charge now, and so I'm you know happy that he did this, and I'm you know I'm really just excited to see how it goes, and just so many and then uh, there's so many subplots with like the the bloodline one in particular because you got I mean you know Kevin and Sammy gonna fight each other at any point, you know are, are they gonna make at some point I imagine they're gonna make Sammy choose, you know. And he's gonna have to choose whether or not to, you know, beat up, you know, beat up on his boy or to stick with the family. Yeah, I can see a scenario where at one point Kevin Owens is in peril, and Sammy Sammy Zayn has to make a choice. Yeah, yeah, and then I think you know we could very well see one of those situations with the uh, the '92 War Games with the Sting Squadron and the Dangerous Alliance where. Like Larry Zabisco caused the team to lose, and that was like the beginning of the breakup of the Dangerous Alliance. I could see something like that going on where Sammy is, you know, messes up and causes them to lose. And that begins, you know, that begins the road to them, you know, kicking them out and beating the shit out of them. All right. Jason, your thoughts. Excitement level, Bubba. Well, I'm, you know, I'm going to the show. So I'm. Oh, I, that's I, right. I, I forgot. Is at a ten because I'm gonna see a War Games match. Not not sorry, not one, two. I'm gonna be in the building for a live War Games match. That alone is incredible. Um, but seriously, uh, it's gonna be a, it, it's shaping up already to be an incredible show. Um, and I think it's you know, and it's got all my all my favorite people in a, trying to beat each other up in a cage. So you know, yeah. Uh, obviously, my excitement's a ten though because I'm going. Quick question, because I know both of you have been to paper or premium live events. I got to stop saying that. God, that just does not roll off the tongue. Uh, Technically, when we went, they were pay-per-views. They were pay-per-views when you guys went. So we've talked a little bit about house shows versus TV tapings. Is there a difference between TV tapings and pay-per-views? Like just the whole flow of the show, the vibe. And do you how do you prefer that versus a live taping versus a, uh, a house show event? Jason, I'll wrap back around and start with you. Uh, if the, basically the crappier your seats are, the more I want it to be a live event. But, um, so, but to explain, if I'm get, if I'm really, really close, there is absolutely nothing like a live event. I don't care what happens because of just the things you hear, the things they do, the things they say that they'll never do on TV. Even right. if it's one or two things, it's cool. Uh, but overall, for a flow of a show, I don't think anything beats a pay-per-view because it's generally just match, maybe small segment, match, match, match. Okay. So. Rob, your thoughts? Um, TV's the worst. Uh, yes, yeah. I agree. That's correct. Yeah, t- TV is the worst. Um, uh, um, and be- uh, between house shows and pay-per-views... Um, 
I say, well, no, all right, nothing beats being in the building for a good pay per view. Okay. Because I, I went, I went to one of the WCW pay per view that was dog shit, and <laughs> that, and now that actually that that is the worst. That's worse than TV, because you went to see this thing and hoping and anticipating that that you would see some big matches and some good stuff happen, and then you're just sitting there like, oh, this is shit. Which WCW yeah. show did you go to, Brian? Uh, it was the 1999 Great American Bash. Oh, so they were still they were still cooking in '99 though, or were they starting to swing on? Uh, that's when it went down. That's when it started to go bad. Okay, that was on the downswing for WCW. It, so yeah, um, that's summer of '99 is when it started to go bad. Okay, and and I think I went to the pay per view that that kicked off the the spiral. Okay. Oh, jeez. Because <laughs> it man, it was terrible. Yeah. Okay. Um, so going to a bad pay per view is probably at the bottom. Um. TV because of you know all the different things we've talked about before the the breaks and the standing around and you know and then I mean oh. they don't even try to book it for the audience anymore for the live audience if they're gonna do one thing that like oh maybe the audience won't be able to see this or that'll be kind of hard for the live they don't care they're just like yep we're doing it yeah and um house shows are always fun because even like. Because the the wrestlers just have so much more fun with the crowd, and, and they have the freedom to do that too. Yeah, and then, but I say like being being in the building for a good pay per view is probably first because then you're there and you really got you got to see some some great matches or some special moment or something. And so I'd probably put that first because uh, I'm because I mean I was even thinking back on that today. Um, the last pay-per-view I went to was Extreme Rules 2017. And that was just in the main event out of the blue. The Samoa Joe won. It was a fatal five-way. It was Oh yeah. It was Joe, Roman, Finn Balor, Seth, and Bray Wyatt. And the winner got to face Brock. And Joe was the I mean, it was a surprise winner, right? Um he choked out Finn Balor. <laughs> and but it was great, man. And just in the whole crowd was just chanting Joe, you know, the Joe, Joe, Joe at the end. Right. I mean. And that's cool because that segued into, quite frankly, a much underappreciated and overlooked Brock Lesnar match. His oh, match yeah. with Samoa Joe was badass. Yes, it was. And that, that summer, like, we know Joe's whole run there. Unfortunately, there were injuries all over the place. But that, that summer of 2017, he was really cooking, man. Yeah. Yeah. Samoa Joe was on fire, and you could tell you could tell Vince believed in him. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Vince was all in on Samoa Joe, and I was like, okay, let's rock with this. Yeah. Well, I mean, you also could tell because you know when the injuries started to add up and whatnot, they kept him around. Yeah. You know, you could tell he's well, and he just generally seems like one of those guys, you know, who's just beloved by everyone where he goes. Yeah, I was uh, listening to it years ago, God, probably more than a decade or so ago when Joe was still with, at the time, TNA. Hogan was on, uh, at the time, the Bubba the Love Sponge show, and Samoa Joe was one of the guys he kept bringing up as, like, he Hulk Hogan was a Samoa Joe guy. Like, he believed Samoa Joe had it. I yeah. just found that interesting. I just found that interesting that, that of all people, Hogan – found yeah. Samoa Joe to be, you know, that guy. That's interesting. Hmm. So, 
Top of the list, by the way, is a Royal Rumble. There's nothing like being there for a Royal Rumble. And I'll compare it to War Games, you know, come, you know, Sunday, uh, Saturday, but. Yeah. We'll see. I would love to be at this year's Rumble, especially if they say nothing and Cody Rhodes' music hits. I want to be there to feel the energy because I'm jealous of the people who were there for WrestleMania this year. I yeah. want to know what the energy in the crowd was like. Like I, I, I love experiences and moments, and I would love to have just been in that sea of people when Cody Rhodes' music hit. Yeah, that's a that's a that was the FOMO hit me really, really, really hard when uh, he started rising up through the through the rafter through the stage there. Yeah, it was absolutely incredible to watch at home on my couch. I could only imagine. And we knew what was coming. We knew the yeah. guy was – it wasn't like they surprised us with him like they did Edge, you know, three years ago at the Rumble. We knew Cody was coming. We didn't know, you know, how he was going to be presented. We, it's, are they going to take away his um, his whole everything? And no, they brought everything in with him. The entrance, the pyro, the music, the pomp and circumstance, all of it. They paid for everything. And yeah. <clears throat> it was incredible to see that. And that's something, like you said – I, I would almost love to go to this year's Royal Rumble just in the chance that he's in it, just to feel that energy. Yeah, because I'll tell you, I I was it's not the same and it's not the same for various reasons, but I was in the building for that Royal Rumble where Ronda Rousey showed up at the end, and yeah. like man, there is nothing like that electric feeling of just like I don't know, they, of a, just a paper. A huge wrestling payoff or something like that. Just watching it happen like live in front of you is unreal. Yeah. I've never been to a pay-per-view slash premium live event. It's just some of it's just been circumstance. Other times it's been finances. Really trying to make – I'm not going to make WrestleMania Hollywood this coming year. Really trying – it's in what, Philly or Pittsburgh? Philly. Yeah, Philly. yeah we're all the three, following all year. We're, we're, the Mindless Wrestling Podcast is really discussing trying to get our asses to – <laughs> to Philly in 2024. I'll let you pals know. Mrs. Howe, Mrs. Jedi, says we're going. So I'll see whoever I see there because I will be there. I, I may start stowing away money now for tickets and room and board. And I'm, I'm, I'm really going to try to make that happen. One, I want to hook up with you guys if you both go. Two, if I'm, if, if I'm going to break my, my pay-per-view cherry, it might as well be WrestleMania 34. Or not 34, but WrestleMania in 2024. Yeah, because I mean, Whoops. for me, this, this is probably the best shot I'm going to get with it being nearby. Yeah, that's true, and I mean, it's so good. It's so perfect between. It's like right between us. Yeah, it's close to you. Got me. It's going to be a little bit of a, yeah. of a trip and a, and a hotel and all that other stuff. But you know, I'm really going to start looking to it, looking into it. The only the only thing that'll hold me back is my girlfriend and I are talking about going to Ireland in 24, mm. and that's going to be a huge expense. I mean, we're talking three to five grand a piece just to get over there, do what we want to do and do our thing. So, you know, I'm going to look at finances. Yeah, Yeah. you're going to do it. You want to do it right. So you're going to spend. And that's it. I want to get over there and I don't want to be like, okay, well, I can't do this because we're on a budget. Can't do that because we're on a budget. I want to be like, no, you know, I'm here. I want to do the whole experience. We have friends over there that we want to visit. So it's. That's the only thing in the air right now that'll stop me from going to what would be what WrestleMania forty one. Uh, that'd be forty. No, yeah, forty. Okay, WrestleMania forty. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, that'll be the only thing that stops me from going to WrestleMania forty. Will be the finances after I figure out our our Ireland trip. 
Well, you know what we need to do? What's that? We need to start, you know, coming up with scoops and, and charging money. That's what yeah. we need to do. Yeah, we did. We need to come up with T-shirts and, and start hawking T-shirts over on the T-shirt stuff <laughs> on the pro yeah, wrestling and, tees. And because you know what, it's it's not. Uh, I'm not speaking out of school here because we don't have that many listeners, and I don't really think we're. I'm breaking any news here. Um, I asked Dijak what it, if what the plan was, and he had the courtesy to respond to my direct message. Uh, so he's going from ba- basically he's going from Bane what he was in Retribution to Batman, where he's going to be some sort of ass kicking superhero, not superhero but heroic character. Oh, nice. Okay, we can live so, with that. Yeah. So you heard it here first. Exclusive. I mean, you probably put that together from the promos, but that's ex- exclusive. Yeah. Send us twelve dollars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that'll cost you twelve bucks, please. He might be a no, good I'm guy. Sorry. He that's might me. be a bad that's guy. Me. We're not sure yet. That'll be twelve ninety nine. Thank you. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> no, he's definitely going to be a face. He is going to be a face. Excellent. He's going to be on TV. So twelve. He's going to be on TV. We can we can yeah. we can confirm that Donovan Dijak is going to be on TV. There you go. There's your scoop. Hot scoop from the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. And also, he didn't actually say what his name was going to be, but I said I messaged him, said, "Are we getting Bat Dijak?" And he said, "Yeah, but without the bat, so Dijak man." Which says <laughs> to me, he's getting his last name back. Yeah, and, and I've said that before. I prefer Dijak over Dijakovic. Dijakovic just does not sell a T-shirt. It's no. it's too many syllables, too many consonants in one last name. Um, it, it's an incredible last name, but if we're looking at marketing, it's it's not a marketable marketable name. Yeah. So exactly. getting back to getting back to the task at hand, War Games. Uh, one thing I'm looking forward to seeing there is Roman has history with three big dudes in this match. He's got. Did you see the look on Roman's face Friday night when Kevin Owens music hit? Oh yeah. It was the Ghost of Christmas Past. I'm pretty sure Roman had to go back and change his underwear. Um, <laughs> so this dude again. <laughs> like God, this guy nearly killed me the last time we feuded. Right. Yeah, there's a point where Ko almost sent the man to see the uh, to see the ancestors. Yes. So he's got Ko in there. He's got Drew McIntyre, who again took him to the limit. We've got Sheamus, who is capable of taking anyone to the limit. Uh, wait, hold on. Drew McIntyre took him in front to the limit in Drew's hometown and lost in front of all his adoring friends and family. All right, we don't need to rub that in. That's still a sore <laughs> subject, sir. Well, I mean, if, if, if we're going down that road, I mean, but now, nah, no, I won't. I won't. Hey, I will take the bait this time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we can't bait him in. Rob's been easily baited here the last couple of weeks, and that's my fault. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm absolutely looking forward to. It. I'm gonna miss it because um, I'm gonna be out of town from Wednesday through Sunday. So if I watch. Uh, Survivor Series War Games, it will probably not be until Sunday night, maybe even Monday night, depending on what time we get back from my dad's on Sunday. I may sit down and watch some of it, but I'll definitely miss it live as it happens. I'm going to try to avoid the spoilers, so if you guys don't hear from me, you know what happened. Oh, just stay off of Twitter, and um, we we will keep the, we'll try to keep it to a minimum in the uh, chat room there. Yeah, well, I'll probably end up leaving early Sunday morning, and like I said, the, the event happened Saturday night, so as long as we get home at a reasonable time on Sunday, I, I should be able to catch it and avoid most spoilers, but I'm an idiot because I log, because I want to talk to you guys. That's my routine in the morning. I get up, I say good morning to you guys, 
we chat for a little bit, and then you know my dumbass goes on Twitter while I'm eating breakfast. So I just got to well, try to avoid that on uh, Sunday. You probably want to avoid the chat on Sun on on Saturday or pay per views on Saturday, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's on uh, Saturday. To be fair, I'll probably be drinking with my family, so I probably won't be on my phone a whole lot. So that yeah, part will be easy. Um, I'll be sending pictures. So. But uh, you know, I'll I'll have an eight hour drive home on Sunday, and I'll probably only be driving about half of that leg. So for at least four hours, I'm going to be like my hands are going to be fidgeting, trying to not <laughs> get on my phone. <laughs> so. All right. Anyway, that is our talk for WWE SummerSlam War Survivor Series War Games. My God, I'm off today. Oh, fun, fun fact about that. Um, Emily asked this morning, my wife, she goes, what, so who's in the Survivor Series matches? And I was like, well there aren't any as it stands right now um she's like well then what's the thing with the cage and i look at her and i go the thing with the cage you don't know what it was and i was able to bust out my best william regal impression with a yeah. games and scared the crap out of the dog god i love casual fans it's the best it, it really is. i have a casual fan in my house with tina but she knows enough because she rolled her eyes into the back of her head immediately as i like as soon as i opened my mouth She's like, oh, yeah, that's it. I can't believe I just gave him that. <laughs> she fed right into it. It was great. She's also still pissed off at him for uh, turning on Moxley last night. So. All right. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about that in a few minutes. Right now, actually, no, that's a good segue. That's a good segue because this this week we are celebrating 10 years since the debut of The Shield. And, you know, I have to be honest here, that was really when I was starting to get back into pro wrestling was around the 2012 era, you know, The Rock and John Cena, that whole thing roped me back in. So I wasn't real familiar what was with what was going on with a lot of the people that are now make up the main event and top tier um, crowd of WWE, The Shield, Bray Wyatt, you know, the whole Wyatt family. I wasn't I wasn't in tune to any, any of that. I'd taken a several-year break. So the Shield had already debuted by the time I jumped back in. Jason has a much more personal stake in this because we're all we're all fans of the Tribal Chief. We all, you know, sit at the table that he's the head of. But Jason, that was Jason's guy from day one. And Jason, why don't you tell that a little bit here? Well, because I I came in late, so I didn't experience the try the try. Uh, excuse me, the shield uh, live and in person because I wasn't a fan. I was in my dark days. Um, so I came in at SummerSlam 2015. So Roman was already the guy. Roman was already, and you know I watched one match and I was like, hey, all right, this he threw one Superman punch and I was like, well, if I get back into this stuff, this is my guy because that rules. Um. And yeah, so but experiencing the shield retroactively, like yeah, of course I get it. They they just all three of them exuded cool, and then look what happened when they finally broke up. They're three of the most important guys in wrestling right now. So yeah, Rob, you came back in about the same time I did. What was your initial impression of the shield? Okay, so I told so before I came back for Cena and Rocky WrestleMania twenty eight. And so I just decided to stick around for a bit just to see, you know, how things were going and see if I wanted to, you know, make a regular thing out of this again or not. 
And so Survivor Series 2012, watching the main event, and I'm wondering, like, okay, well, how, how are they going to get out of this? Because it was Cena, CM Punk, and Ryback. And at that point, Ryback was at, like, his peak. So I was just wondering, like, okay, well, you know, is Punk going to lose the title here? I didn't think he was going to beat Cena again. And Ryback had just lost the Punk in the cell. So I figured, like, well, if they, you know, they, if Ryback gets pinned here again, it looks like he might be on his way to, you know, to Jobberville after this. So I don't know if they're going to, I don't think they're going to do that to him just yet. So the match, I mean, it was a great match and it was going back and forth. And, you know, it got to that point where, like, where it looked like, you know, the finish might be coming. And these guys jumped the barricade. And Michael Cole starts, and he names them all. He's like, and, you know, this is Roman Reigns from NXT, and that's Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. And at that point, I didn't watch NXT, and I didn't read, you know, dirt sheets or whatever. I wasn't on wrestling Twitter. So I had no idea who these guys were. Like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> like, all righty. Well, hey, okay. <laughs> we, got, we, we, we got some guys here. Okay. And, um, but they look really cool, even with the, you know, the goofy turtlenecks on at the time. <laughs> and um, so, you know, and basically them coming in, that's what ultimately got me to stick around and, you know, to, to make a permanent thing out of this because, you know, and because I just got interested in following them and seeing how things would turn out with them. And, you know, and then, um, you know, and then, you know, they revealed that Roman was, you know, the Rock's cousin and all of that. And then, and even just like, like not knowing any of the background to, you know, Rollins or Ambrose, cause they were both big indie guys. And Rollins was like, was a ring of honor world champion at one point. And, you know, I didn't know any of that, but they were just really cool. The entrance was really cool. Um, the way they would just show up and just take everybody out was really cool. Um, you know, they had some great matches and some great feuds with people. Uh, the just one of the just favorite matches ever was when Rollins and Reigns teamed up against Cody and Dustin, and, and then I think that was the last time Dusty actually came out. You know, you know, for any type of match, and. You know, I mean, you want to talk about something just taking you back when, when Cody and Dustin and then Dusty came out there with them. That was just, you know, man. That was, And it was a great match that they had, too, with Roman and Seth. And so they just had, I mean, they had all these great matches and these great feuds with people. And it was just like a phenomenon. They were, I mean, because, I mean, you know, Dean even said himself, like, at one point they were like, the, they were like a boy band, basically, as far as just, you know, the popularity and all of that. And just to see it from start to finish. And then also, I mean, what's really was really great about it. Like, so these guys, they weren't together really before they got put together to come to the main roster. And yet, and yet, but yet all the talk about them being brothers and brotherhood. I mean, that shit was believable. Like you believed it. I mean, they sold that just, and ultimately they became that for real. But at the beginning, you know, basically they got brought up, they got put together and they had to like, they had to literally, you know, watch each other's backs in the locker room in creative. Um, they like Seth has told stories about, um, you know, at one point, you know, Vince was going to have them lose on a pay-per-view and they 
basically the three of them just kind of stood together and said, not going to work for us, brother. And they got, they got the finish changed. Um, and they ended up going over. What's crazy is how much of it almost occurred by accident. Cause Roman was almost, what's his name? Uh, and like hero. Yeah, and I'm sorry. Yeah. Fundamentally different changes the direction that group goes guys. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is but, nothing against then, Chris Hero. He's a hell of no, a no, worker. No. This, it, th- you're right. That whole dynamic is different without Roman Reigns. It, and they, and I, I was, I will also express to Mr. Hero that it's the same if you remove any other guy and replace him with any other person. It's not, not a slight against you, sir. Um, these guys just fit together like crazy. But again, a lot of it was by accident. What's the um, Jamie Nobles? I think saw them walking out of somewhere. And then he's caught them in a doorway where the, all their backs were turned. And that turned into the silhouette. And he said, hey, stop. Cause, and they were like, and all of a sudden that became all their, their iconography. Um, the, their silhouettes. And again, their first night, they show up looking like waiters. They went to the Army Navy store and said, F this. And <laughs> God bless them. Yeah. Because it changed things for them. Again, so much of it was this close to not working. Yeah, it's it's funny how like stuff happens by accident because like, well the the four horsemen, the original group, um, it wasn't planned. Like they were they were doing a TV taping and they were almost out of time, and they just had to, they had one promo. They had to get promos in for Rick, Tully, Arn, and Oli, and they just said fucking throw them out there together because they were all heels, right? Right. And so they run out and they had to get the promos in before the show was over. And they just sent them out there together at the end. And, you know, I guess like Dusty or whoever saw it and was like, oh, yeah, this is we got something here. And and that's what happened. It just it wasn't planned. <laughs> I mean, um, it just happened. They put them all out there at the same time and people saw it and was like, oh, this is this is some, some good shit here. And they ran with it. And a lot of that speaks volumes to the the creative chemistry of the workers. You know, I mean, you could have plugged any three guys in there and it just would not have been the same. It took the chemistry, the trust, and, and just the way those three guys worked together. It was a perfect storm of things between, you know, Ambrose, Reigns, Rollins. Uh, for me, I, again, like the rest of you, I was a little late to the party on the shield. They were already an established thing. By the time I came back in full time, like I'd watched a little bit here and there. And, you know, my buddy kept telling me, he's like, hey, you need to tune back in. He's like, <clears throat> you know, they've got some they've got the shield going on here. They've got some really stuff going on with the Wyatts. But these guys with the shield, he kept talking about Roman Reigns. He's like, they're really high on this Roman Reigns guy. And you can tell why. And I was like, OK, I'll tune in. I'll tune in. And when I initially tuned in, I was like, OK, Roman Reigns is fine. But initially, Dean was my guy. Like, just from a character standpoint, that that unhinged freaking, it was almost a, because, keep in mind, <laughs> I was. lunatic. Huh? The lunatic. The lunatic. And to me, I was still in that, I want the attitude era back type of mentality, because part of why I tuned out, one, was because I had a dad, I became a dad. Two, my life changed in so many different ways. Wrestling became kind of. I wasn't here for the PG era of WWE. It just wasn't my thing. I got turned off by it. I was one of those fans. 
And when I saw Dean Ambrose, I'm like, this guy as a character is very much a throwback to the Attitude Era. This is a guy I can get into. His music hits, I get hyped for him, I want to see him. And then slowly but surely I started paying attention to Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, interestingly enough, became my guy. Because I think of at least the three of them at the time, Seth Rollins had more of the complete package. Roman was still putting a lot of the pieces together. Um, and I, I definitely saw the diamond in the rough and the potential. But in the moment, what kept me there was Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. So to watch those guys evolve from where they were to become three guys who literally run this industry with Roman Reigns being the top person in the industry, uh, you know, up until, you know, 24 hours ago, John Moxley being the top guy in AEW and basically carrying that company on his shoulders for the last six months to just Seth Rollins being a, an absolute cornerstone in the WWE roster has been amazing. And I, I can't think of too many factions over the last 40 years of me watching this where all three members became so important to the industry. Like you always have, you can look like you, you look at different factions, you're like, okay, that guy's the guy. And ultimately that guy becomes the guy. And <clears throat> the other ones just kind of go their own way and they have respectable careers, but they're never, you know, this, this top of the card type personality and with the shield there was never any doubt once they established themselves and once they got themselves kind of entrenched into things that they were all going to be a success of some kind i think as fans of the shield we got a little bit cheated when moxley decided to jump ship from wwe and go to aew uh there's a lot they could be doing with him right now in the in the 10-year anniversary they have spotlighted him a lot on the the things that WWE has thrown out there lately. They they obviously don't shy from the fact that he was a part of it, you know. Which in the past they would have been like cut him out. He would complete would have been complete erasure of Dean Ambrose. Yeah, well, yeah in they, WWE canon. They don't shy away from him in the camera cuts. They don't. They name him in the captions. I mean, they'll tag, they'll tag WWE Roman Reigns, WWE Seth Rollins, and Dean Ambrose. Yep, but they don't talk around them. No, they don't, and and I like to see that. That shows growth in the company. That shows change in the company. And then you know, at the end of the day, this is a business. And you know, Moxley made whatever choices he made. You know, understandably, the way WWE style was didn't work for him. You know, he has a way he wants to work, and you know whether that works for me or not is not is irrelevant. It's making him money. He's happy. He's made it very clear he's not planning on going back to WWE anytime in the near future. Um, so, but I there was more mileage to pump, not necessarily from the Shield being a unit, but the the occasional hey, let's get the band back together thing. I live for that stuff. Like I like that. Like if they suddenly like let's remove Biggie's um, injury from the table. If they had suddenly split up the New Day, and not a heel turn, not like they did with the Shield, but just, hey, we're all going our separate ways. We're all going to go back to what we were doing. But maybe every couple of years you bring the band back together. I pop for that kind of stuff. I think it's cool. I think it's fun. And and I was looking forward to maybe that being the Shield. Maybe one day down the road we get like a, a Shield reunion, kind of like what they did with the NWO and the DX at WrestleMania several years ago. We get a throwback to that. 
we're not at least right now we're not going to get any of that. I think it's a bit tragic, and I think I think Moxley left money on the table, but that was his call to make. Well, I think it was remarkable so, now. I mean, it, just look at the the Survivor Series match. What last year, where Seth showed up in the full Shield gimmick and whatnot. Like the, those three guys have just man, just. And Dean Dean becoming John Moxley again and going over to WAEW was the clear sign of hey take this get these guys seriously, and it was because of the cachet that Dean had already built himself. Yeah, and um, I'll put it it's pretty remarkable that if you just look at it now, basically Seth is the most important guy on Monday. Moxley is arguably the most important guy. He, well, he is the most important guy on Wednesday, and Roman's the most important guy on Friday. Um, <clears throat> and that's insane. I mean, yep, they're literally I mean, running the industry. Yeah, I mean, it gets crazy. I mean, that 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 it turned into that. And so when we talk about like you know greatest, because remember I was last year we talked about the New Day and whether they were the greatest faction of all time. Or, yeah. Um. Well, you know, it's, you know, prison of the moment and all of that. But, I mean, you know, I mean, the Shield is in the conversation. Well, particularly now, now that it's progressed to the point where, like, the three of them are each running a night of television. Basically. Well, they're the greatest faction of all time. I mean, just in terms of what the individual members have uh, accomplished. Yeah. And it's important that they were a group first. And broke in together when they were basically nothing, and then this is what they became. Because if a lot of people throw different groups, I'm like, no, 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 this is that's putting two world champions together. Obviously, the Mega Powers were a big deal. Obviously, right. these guys were a big deal. But you, you beat me to it because four, that's kind of the 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 sketches. When I think about it, a lot of people may argue the point evolution. You know, I said you know we had the Shield, and all three of those guys went on to become what they became. You could make the same argument with evolution. The problem with evolution was. Two of those guys were already established. You know, Triple yeah. H and Ric Flair were already established. Yeah. Obviously, Randy Orton was going to become what Randy Orton was going to become. And Batista was a force of nature. Like, yeah. Batista was almost already there to begin with when Evolution was formed. Randy Orton was on the ascent. These guys came in from zero together. Right. Like, zero. And then built themselves up, got themselves over. And now, you know, through effort through booking and, and and just through you know a bit of blind luck all three of those guys are running from three different nights the wrestling industry and hey we we know that uh, they've pulled the uh i'm not gonna work for me brother uh trick a couple of times and hey god bless him because it's worked every time yeah, well, well I, Seth, right after uh, Brody Lee died, Seth told a story about how one time him and Brody almost came to blows in the back during a creative discussion because they couldn't agree on, you know, on what was the way. I'm assuming it was during the Shield versus the Wyatt family, you know, era. And <clears throat> it just goes to show you how much passion these guys and how much they protected that that gimmick. Right, because it wasn't just them. It was, you know, a collective. It wasn't, you know, so they were even more protective of, of their brotherhood of it. Yeah. And what I find interesting was they had that much creative pull even then. Like, obviously, Roman and Seth can call their own shots now. 
you know, within reason. You know, obviously WWE works within a a a, a confines. So as long as you don't wander too far off the reservation, the, those two guys can pretty much call their own shots. Obviously, Moxley is working for the perfect company for him that will let him pretty much do whatever he wants. Please, God, John Moxley, I am begging you with all every fiber of my being. I do not want to see you this Wednesday. Go home. <laughs> Take your vacation. You drop brother. the title. Take your vacation. I know your wife just got started, but God damn it, take her too. And I will, we'll see you at minimum January. Go take a vacation. Much deserved. You've been killing it. Jesus. Absolutely. You know, everybody's been high on MJF. MJF is the guy. MJF is the guy. You know what? Back off and let him be the guy. Let's see if I personally, and, you know, we can kind of divert onto this a little bit. Personally, I think it was a little too soon to pull the trigger on MJF. I think they should have let him cook a little bit longer. Um, but... It's not my company, not my monkeys, not my circus. Um, we are where we are. If MJF is the guy, let him run with it. John Moxley has more than earned a vacation from AEW. And just let me just, uh, I do want to give MJF credit for one thing. Because I watched like the first 10 minutes of the media scrum thing last night after the pay-per-view. He did exactly what you were supposed to do. He came in there. He stayed in character. He put himself over and he said, if you want to see more, you come watch us Wednesday night. And then he, you know, and then he stayed in character and he chewed out the wrestling media folks. And he was like, good night and fuck you and walked out. And you know what? That That's a clever cornet reference. The thank you, fuck you, bye. Yes. That's a cornet reference that I, I, I popped for it. Yeah. And, but he, he, I'm, I was just so happy that he stayed in character and he didn't because in those damn media scrums, they go in and they start talking about how they laid out the match and how they pitched the angle to Tony and all of this. And I'm like, will you please shut up? <laughs> like, like, even, I mean, even because like we, well, I didn't, you know, I haven't actually watched their pay per views, but still, like, when we're in the moment of having watched this thing, like, we're supposed to, you're supposed to make us, feel like this is real okay we're gonna get back to that on our thankful list i have a i have a little promo to cut yeah okay. but god but, god bless mjf for keeping kayfabe god bless yes. man and you're we're supposed the whole point is yeah we know it's a work but in the moment when we are watching what's going on we're supposed to, you want us to feel like it's real okay and in the moment and in the immediate aftermath also uh, like, until we've entirely completely moved on from this particular show, if it's next year sometime and you want to talk about that, whatever, fine. Right. But when we're in the moment of the show, when we're watching the show and, and in the aftermath of the show and we're trying to take it all in and one, and we're trying to think about how what's going to come next on TV because of what happened here and all of that. Don't you, that is not the time to be talking about how you pitched this and, how you laid, how we wanted to do this, and we this we laid the match out this way, and this is not no stop it, okay? That is it's terrible. So I was so happy that he had one. He did no part of that, okay? He came in there, he stayed in character. You know, I'm the best there is. I'm the world champion. I'm the best person here. You know, you know, and all this, and you know, and come see me on Wednesday. You know, I'm the best. Yeah, and then and then yeah, then the line at the end, and then and walked out. He didn't sit down next to Tony for 10 minutes and explain everything. Right. And, and I was so happy he did that. And, and, you know, and 
and so he he's one of those people that, that and you know he he gets it and like sometimes he does do the stand character stuff he does go overboard sometimes but in a situation like that it was the perfect time to stay in character and the rest of the people who work in that company they need to watch what he did and pay attention to what he did and then you'll understand why everybody's so high on him and that aren't so high on you and okay i'm done <laughs> absolutely great piece of business by by john moxley you know handing the torch over to mjf let's see where mjf goes with it but yeah getting back to the shield interestingly enough that you know it may not have been what brought the three of us back in like rob and i obviously rock and cena drew us back in jason uh stephen amell being part of SummerSlam, roped him back in but the shield i think I mean, I make no bones about it, guys. I've stayed for Roman Reigns. Yeah, we all stayed for the Shield. That first six months of fandom were bought and paid for by Roman Reigns. Yeah, and for me, it was the Shield, and more specifically, Roman Reigns and and, uh, Dean Ambrose, or Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. But, you know, it's those guys, because I I did keep an eye on Roman. I, I wanted to see more from him. I wanted to see his growth. Um, so yeah, those three guys definitely kept me invested in what WWE was going. Cause if those guys hadn't been going on, honestly, I probably would have floated right back out. Oh, hundred percent. After I'd got the network if Roman Reigns and by extension, Dean Ambrose, um, cause, um, uh, first night I saw them, they had a tag match against Luke Harper and, um, Wyatt. But anyway, uh, yeah, those guys just un, unkillable. What's the word I'm looking for? Unbelievable influence. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, gentlemen, I think we can flow right into our Thanksgiving Day list. We promised this last week. We got together uh, kind of in a creative huddle and decided we wanted to do something a little bit different this week and come up with our top five things that we are most thankful about when it comes to pro wrestling. And I, I... I have a feeling some of our things are going to kind of converge here a little bit, at least I hope. And and there's maybe some very vastly different things. Uh, which one of you wants to go first? Uh, I can, I can, are we going to do one and then one and then one, or are we going to do? No, do your own list and then five. we'll go around okay. the room. We'll do you, I guess, then we'll do Rob, then I'll do mine last. All right. So first off, uh, I had, I'm very thankful for the new NXT because, the one of the most fun I was having for for a while was during the the real the Dragonov days of uh, NXT UK um, right before it died really um, and this is the closest that we felt to that it's in terms of like a studio show um, it feels like an old school wrestling studio show the exact right amount of wrestling the exact right amount of nonsense. Um, and it's appointment television every every Tuesday. So that's what I had for them. Uh, uh, the Shield, for all the reasons we just list, listed, and I'm thankful for the, all three of those guys. Um, my wife was most thankful for John Moxley. Mm. Yeah. And hey. Renee. And Renee. Mostly all right. Renee. Mostly Renee. All right. I, I was also thankful for um, Nikki Bella. When, when, did, when did you join the show? I'm here today. All right, anyway. Gentlemen, as part of my introduction, the unofficial fourth member, sitting fourth chair of the Lionel's Wrestling Podcast. Not enough people are. 
you guys so she doesn't know that she just got a loving loving and glowing intro anyway we're moving on i'm also thankful for kayfabe because god damn it it's okay to pretend once in a while guys it's okay i promise you will have more fun if you believe this stuff is is real even for 40 seconds um but i'm thankful for kayfabe and i'm thankful for bray wyatt but not the reason you think uh, yes, I like the Bray Wyatt character. I like everything that he's got going on right now. But you know what he's doing right now? He's feuding with L.A. Knight. And that's perfectly okay. Everyone assumes, you know, rocket that guy to the main event. Rocket that. I love when mid-card guys can be spooky dooky, when mid-card guys can be invested upon, even though he's probably not going to stay there, guys, obviously, in the mid-card. But who knows? Um, but yeah, thankful for, uh, showing a wide range that, you know, the whole show can be nonsense. It doesn't have to be restricted to the main event. So yeah. And last but not, certainly not least is the, that's four, right? I have the shield, kayfabe, new NXT, Bray Wyatt, but not, not the reason you think. And number five, the discord chat. We have a nice little discord of, of folks, you know, I'm sure you our loyal listeners have heard of it by now. Uh, but we have a Discord chat where Rob and I and DJ all kind of met, even though we found out we knew each other from other happenings on the internet wrestling community. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's a we started it during quarantine and during when times were lean, and it's been a group, a source of joy. And you know, I literally check in with you guys every single day. So um, yeah, that's so that's mine. Just to recap, uh, we got this the Discord chat, the Shield, Kayfabe, New NXT, and Bray Wyatt. I'm thankful for Armadillo Dave. And the Bella and the Bella Twins and Armadillo Dave, apparently. My wife would like <laughs> We've got an Armadillo Dave fan in the house, man. I yes. love to see it. Love to see Absolutely. it. All right, Mr. Rob. From the Rob the Genius Podcast, sir, your list. All right. So first, Impact Wrestling. Um, because I've watched a lot of Impact Wrestling this year. And they have a lot of good stuff there. I've bought some pay-per-views. Uh, you know, I have the weekly show on my DVR. And, uh, I mean, if you are looking for a diversion from WWE programming, it is a r- really good place to go. The knockouts division is always very good. The X division is always exciting. Uh, their world champion, Josh, Al- Josh Alexander, is an outstanding professional wrestler. Um, it'd be nice if they had some better challenges for him, but you know, you can't win them all, but there's a lot of good stuff there to see. And it's important to, we all love WWE. We're all big WWE fans, but for the health of, for the, you know, for the benefit of the men and women who go out there and take the bumps and all of that, there need to be more than one place to work. And the only way you have more than one place to work is if those of us who can, who have the time and you know the wherewithal to do it, support some other wrestling companies. And so I'm thankful for Impact Wrestling for providing me with some good entertainment, you know, outside of the WWE. And in that same vein, uh, uh, this will be surprising coming as much as we criticize them here, but I'm also thankful for AEW there because. Impact is good to have impact there, but one thing about impact is they can't really pay 
people much. Um, so you, you need to have more than just viable other options. You need to have at least one other option that can pay people well. And for all the time, look for all the shots we've taken about AEW on the show and the shots we've taken about them in, in chat and on Twitter and all these other places, it is it is good that they exist. And it is good that they are on a national cable channel. And it is good that they can afford to pay some people. Because, you know, when Moxley, when he had had, when he was, had his fill of the WWE creative process, it's good that he had somewhere to go. All right. Uh, when Tony Storm did not, you know, when she decided WWE was not for her, it was good that she had somewhere to go. But some of these folks who got released, you know, it's good that they had somewhere to go. All right. However you feel about, you know, AEW and what they do there or whatever, um, you should be thankful that they exist because look, the everyone you like is not going to make it to WWE. Everyone you like in WWE is not going to be, is not going to succeed there or want to stay there. And it's good for there to be someplace, you know, in a, another company in the United States where they can go work and get paid good money. So for that, I'm thankful for AEW and you should be too. <laughs> I think. All right. Um, Cowboy Brock. Because, all right, when they started doing stuff with Roman and Brock again, I think most of us were like, uh, really? But, you know, when that dude put on the cowboy hat. We, and, were, also, we were also terrified, Rob. Don't that forget too, that we were terrified. That, that too, yes. And it's, it's like when, you know, when, you know when, when a certain woman is champion and it's after money in the bank, you know, I get yeah. scared. And, right. and, and we were scared. We've seen this movie too many times. Yeah, and yeah, we, we, we were scared. When Brock came back at SummerSlam last year, all of us in the Roman Empire were like, oh, here we go. Yeah. But you then. Can say it now. Yeah, but uh, but you know, and then but even you know, without that, uh, we were you know, it was just like they're gonna do this again, really. But you know, when he when he turned into Cowboy Brock and you know and all of that, and he started talking on the mic, and he just added a whole new element to all of it. Um, he seems to have found a way that he enjoys acting as a wrestling character now. And then, of course, the big cherry on top was the big the detractor at SummerSlam. <laughs> Absolute brilliance. Yeah. Um, so I'm thankful for that because he put a whole new spin on these matches and put gave you know breathe all new life into this thing. And my fourth thing is Sami Zayn, and for also breathing some life. Look, we all love Roman. We we're here for this bloodline thing. As long as it goes, but you know we can also recognize that you know for some people it may have been getting starting to get a little old after two years. So Sami Zayn has you know he added a whole new element to this. He's at you know he he's injected a bunch of humor into it, and now every Friday it's you know you're looking to see who who can keep a straight face around him when he, when he's doing his thing. And it's usually nobody. Um, I swear, Jay looks down at least once every time when Sammy is going. At least once he looks, he looks Dude. down or he looks away. <laughs> Dude, the Waffle House, the Waffle House thing. Did you see that? Yes. The when they did the Waffle House bit, as soon as Jay, Sammy said the word Waffle House, Jay lights up. 
I couldn't stop laughing at that because he, he immediately forgot it. He forgot he hated that man. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, and then the fact that they're even getting Paul now, Paul has to look down or look away. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so he's just, he's added something to this. Um, he breathed some new life into it now and added a whole nother element to it. Cause now, you know, when are they going to turn on, turn on Sammy is a big question. And it's a big, you know, story point that we're all waiting for to see how it unfolds. Um, and also thankful to Sammy for the, 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 the WrestleMania match, right. For going out there and making a complete fool out of himself. You and know, making for it our work. Entertainment. Yes. I mean, yep. Oh man. I mean, because you know, you need to have a couple of people who are willing to go out there and do that. Right. Because you know everything can't be, you know, you know, Avengers level seriousness, fate of the wrestling universe is at stake in this match. Everything can't be that. Um, you need some wackiness and some fun stuff, and you need some people who are willing to go out there and do that kind of thing. So I'm thankful for him, his willingness and or desire even to go out there and do that. And fifth. You know, I was I was gonna take the high road. You know, I was I was I was going to, you know, yeah, you know, I, I wasn't gonna take the easy path. I really didn't want to take the easy path, but I'm going to. Who else would I be thankful for in professional wrestling? Oh, here it is. I mean, Jason. It's already that mentioned. moment in the show, boys and girls. J- well, Jason already mentioned Ooh. the shields. Okay, I don't want to be redundant because Jason already mentioned the Shield, and we've already talked about the Shield. So why would I want to be redundant and bring them up again? All right, all right. I'm, I'm trying to be original True. here. Okay. Good. See, I'm doing this Good for you guys. Out. I'm being, trying to be original here. Okay. <laughs> so original. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you're having an original thought right now. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what would this show be if I didn't do this? Okay. Come on. What would this show be if I didn't do this? Give Come it up. On. All right. Yes, I'm thankful for the 13 time women's champion. Hopefully soon to be 14. Yeah. And uh if she ever gets back off her damn honeymoon. Dude, hey. okay, at this point they miss her. Like they at do. this point, I'm like, even I'm like yeah. I, I'm perfectly impartial to Char- Charlotte most times. Um, but even I'm like, okay, come on, come on back. That division misses Charlotte. I miss Charlotte, and I'm not like a Rob level Charlotte fan. I'm a Charlotte supporter. You know, I'll defend her to the death. But yeah, like black level, black uh, black lion level in terms of like Roman Reigns is how uh, for the men. Um, But she, they things fit fundamentally differently without her. Yes. Yeah, and uh, but you know, so I'm yes, I'm thankful. And thankful that she got to beat Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania this year, which is, well, she looked, well, facing Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania was like her number one career goal for her whole career. Um, so she got to do that this year. Uh, and I'm thankful that she got to win. <laughs> she got to win in what was Ronda Rousey's only good match this year. Well, that, well, that, well, that I'm sorry. Did I say the quiet part out loud? Well, no, she had two good matches this year. They were both, and they were both against Charlotte. Yeah, I was gonna say I was I was in the building for one of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. So she, had, yeah, and um, but 
um, well, yeah, look, I'm not going to go on and on and on. If you listen to this show, you know who I am. Okay. You know how I am. All right. So, yes, I, as, yeah. yes, I'm thankful for, yes. And I'll leave it there. <laughs> All right. My list, starting in at number five, I got to agree with something Rob said. I am thankful that there are options not only for pro wrestling fans, but pro wrestlers in the industry now. You know, going back about 25 years ago, yeah, there were indies, but there was WCW and there was WWE. ECW, let's be fair, wasn't paying crap. Not no. not to anybody, not to your average person that was going in there and working. Um, there was WWE, there was WCW, and if you weren't working for them, you were a starving artist. Now we're in a situation where you may not be making seven figures a year, but there are some people who don't have to go to WWE, who don't have to go to AEW, and can make a serviceable income in some of these other areas, MLW, GCW, you know, AEW, uh, Impact, you know, there's there's a lot going on, you know, whereas before it was WWE, WCW, or hopefully somewhere, somebody in Japan picked you up. So, you know, those were your options. So now you've got that. So I'm thankful for that, you know, not only, you know, for fans, because it does give us some variety. You know, there are people out there who became very disillusioned with WWE, who became bored with WWE, and that's you know, whether I agree with you or not, that's your opinion and it's fair. You're entitled to it. And for you to have an alternative that's not a cookie cutter, quote unquote, WWE produced, you know, wrestling show, those options are out there. And then for the workers who, again, as Rob pointed out, either are never going to go to WWE, either because they don't want to or because WWE will never hire them or they've been to WWE, didn't work out for them, and they've moved on, they can still make a living. And that's awesome. Like, this is probably, when I look at the landscape now, pro wrestling as a fan is more exciting than it ever has been, simply because we have options. Yeah, And there's something out there for everybody. If you want the blood and guts, AEW will give you some of it. GCW will give you a lot of it, you know. Hmm. Impact is still doing the impact thing. MLW has carved a niche for itself. And then there's always WWE. So for me, I'm thankful that there are those options out there for not only the fans, but the workers. Um, <clears throat> number four, this is a bit personal for me. Um, I was a shy kid. And this is this is a lifelong thing that I'm thankful for. I was a shy kid. I wasn't very, uh, very charismatic, wasn't very... Uh, found it hard to talk to people, found it very hard to emote to people. I found that in pro wrestling, oddly enough, because I would watch as a kid, I would watch these people that I was a fan of and that were my heroes as a kid, the Hulk Hogan's, the Macho Man's, you know, the people that could talk, the people that could get that crowd invested in what they were saying and get them behind them. I found that very inspirational to me. And I'm like, God, is that what it takes for? Because people didn't go out of their way to talk to me. You know, I was the shy kid. I was a quiet kid. People didn't go out of the way. They're like, yeah, no, I'm not going to talk to him. So what do you need to do to get people to notice you? That's be a little ridiculous. Not be afraid to be a little outlandish. Not to be afraid to kind of step outside your comfort zone a little bit. And I, and I realize that for a lot of these people playing characters on TV, a lot of those characters are a huge step out of the comfort zone. And that inspired me to step out of that box a little bit and become more of the person that I am today. And, and I'll always be thankful for that. You know, pro wrestling gave me that um, inspiration to retool how I was doing things in my life. 
Number three, and this is a big one for me, it's an escape from real life. Guys, this is never meant to be taken seriously. And I know as kids, we probably all took it more seriously than we should. As young adults, probably the same. This is supposed to be fun. It's entertainment. I don't care what you call it. It's supposed to be entertaining. And however you consume your entertainment. There are a lot of things that go on in the professional wrestling industry that I don't care for. I don't care for a lot of the stuff that the Young Bucks do. I don't particularly care for comedy wrestling on a grand scale. Like, if that's all you do, I'm not here for it. But I like comedy in wrestling on certain occasions. Like, the stuff R-Truth was doing with the 24-7 championship. And, quite frankly, everything they were doing with the 24-7 championship, like we talked about last episode... It's stuff that I'm perfectly fine with because it's funny, it's fun, and it brings you back down to earth and says, hey, remember, this is supposed to be entertaining. We're supposed to have fun with this, and so many people forget that. They either take it too seriously or they take their nonsense so seriously that nothing else will do. So, you know, and and plus life gets so stressful. I know there are certain things going on in my life personally where sometimes I just want to go home, I want to shut my brain off, and I want to watch a wrestling show. And I don't want to have to think too hard. I want to just watch, as Jason likes to put it, two people, two grown-ass adults, settle their differences in their underpants. Beginning, middle, and end. That simple. That's what I want out of my pro wrestling sometimes. And, and I'm thankful that I have that as an option. Number two, I'm thankful for my time in the business. And I know I've talked about this a little bit in the past. Um, I didn't spend a whole lot of time in the business. I was in a little over two years. So I don't have this wealth of stories and knowledge to kind of mine and dig into and tell stories for days on end. But I did see some things. I got to sit under some very interesting learning trees. I got to actually step in the ring, learn a bit about the business from the inside, learn how to do the moves, learn how to put the ring together, learn how, you know, the little nuances of booking shows, what it takes to get yourself over this. And there were so many things that I learned that I take into my wrestling fandom now. And, you know, when I talk about certain things on the show, I look at it as from the perspective of not only as a fan, but as a fan who got to do it for a little bit. And I think that has kind of shaped how I consume, it's definitely shaped how I consume pro wrestling uh, for good or bad. You know, definitely, you know, Rob and I often joke that he and I being the OGs on the show, we often get a little get off my lawn. Um, that's not always healthy, <laughs> um, but <laughs> it, it is what it is. And some of that comes from being in the business to a degree, still wanting to protect that business, but, you know, also trying to remind myself, don't take it so seriously. You know, at the end of the day, like I said a minute ago, it's all entertainment. Hey, DJ. Yes, sir. How many how many matches did you win? All of them. Because I got paid. Damn that was right. the best piece of advice I ever got. I won all of them because I got paid. There you go. That's what it's about, kids. Collecting that check. Number one most thing that I am thankful for is the friends that I have made and the friends that I have bonded with over this ridiculous, Ridiculous entertainment medium. Um, you know, and, and, and looking at the friends that I've made in the last five to ten years, you guys on this show, I work a podcast with two guys that I absolutely love, look forward to hanging out with at some point for real, meeting up with, having drinks, watching a wrestling show. You know, I, I look forward to giving you guys great big hair bear hugs. Um, same thing with everybody in our Discord chat, you know, from Madeline to Nicole to Stump when he, you know, when he jumps in every now and then, Jay, I absolutely adore. 
you know, Ray Cash has been a frequent guest on this show. Can't wait to give Ray Cash a big bear hug one day. And, you know, Tony, just the guests that we've had on this show, the people that I've had the the the, the pleasure and, and the privilege to interact with as part of this community has been has been awesome. It's been a great bonding thing, as well as the friends that I've had for 20 plus years. And, and that's how we met. We met talking about wrestling and, you know, my little core group of people that I, I interact with in, you know, in my personal life. We bonded over pro wrestling and hard rock music. Like those were the two things and comic books, you know, that those were the three things we bonded over. We went to wrestling shows together. Hell, one of my best friends, Eddie and I got into the business together. And even today, like three days ago, <laughs> I reminded him of something because I was going through some old photographs, found some of our old wrestling photographs, took snapshots of them and sent them to him. And we had a little dialogue about that. And it's something that will always carry with us. And and to me, I hold that very personal. I hold that very close to me. And it's absolutely the number one thing that I'm most thankful for is that this, this thing has brought some pretty incredible people into my life. I guess we should collectively be uh, thankful to our uh, <laughs> boss here, uh, Mr. Greg DeMarco. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Thankful to Greg DeMarco yeah. for believing in this podcast and, and inviting us to join the ChairShot Network on thechairshot.com. Shameless plug there. Yeah. So, thank yeah, you, uh, Greg. Thank Greg, you so much. Yeah, I just want to add that. Like, I, I'm still blown away that we're, you know, part of a network and, like, part of a team and, like, we – folks think what we're doing is that good that they wanted us part of their team. That's still crazy to me, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we're several months into this and they haven't kicked us off yet. So that's right. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, and, and honestly, as a shoot, when Greg reached out to me, he's like, Hey, you guys ought to join the network. I'm like, really? You know, like, I, I think what we're doing is fun, you know, and I've long thought that what we're doing is good. You know, I listen to other podcasts and, you know, certainly there are people that probably do it better who have been doing it for eight, ten years. But in the Tim, we're coming up on the two-year anniversary of us being a a three-man team. We we've built a synergy. We've built you know this thing, and you know we have. It's us. You know, Jason mentioned the other day. I you know referred to this as my podcast, and Jason's like, I think this has gone beyond being your podcast, and that's absolutely fact. Like this stopped being my podcast more than a year ago it honestly did so for, for greg yeah. to, to invite us on board and and not think that we sucked and for other people to you know climb on board and we could go down the list of people brooklyn ike you know maddie nicole it's just a long list of people who have supported us that yeah. we are thankful for yep all right Gentlemen, anybody got anything else before we go home here? Uh, no. I, See y'all at Survivor Series. It's yeah, going to uh, be fun. Yeah, everybody, uh, safe travels over Thanksgiving. Uh, don't kill anybody for Black Friday, please. Um. <laughs> uh, you guys can keep oh, that Black yeah. Friday nonsense. I don't need nursing hangover. I'll be working Black Friday, and all I got to say to you people is – be nice to the goddamn store associates on Black Friday, all right? Oh, They're you trying. poor retail fuckers! I don't, I don't envy you guys one bit. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I look, I look down extremely hard on anyone who is rude to a uh, 
retail worker on Black Friday, I'm like, oh, you're just the worst. Be nice to Ben. Absolutely. Yeah, All right. Well, I'm going to close the show like I always do. I'm going to wrap back around the room here and thank my co-hosts from the Rob the Genius podcast. Mr. Rob, been a fun show tonight, brother. Always a pleasure. Yes, sir. And last but certainly not least, Jason, sir, fun show, man. Awesome time. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Excuse me. Happy Thanksgiving, gentlemen. Absolutely. From all of us here at the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, hope you had an awesome Thanksgiving, and we'll see you next week. Remember, you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring, and we're out of here. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.